There we go. Now we're recording. It has been quite a fucking while, but Podcast 1313 is back. I'm Dave, and I'm here with the Sacrodot of the Alessian cult, Spark. Hello. It's good to be back. Spark, what did we read recently? Uh, We read... Besides Mein Kampf. Uh, this is a, a Han Solo book, which actually has been our most popular listened book so far. Um, Han Solo and the hold on. Paradise Snare. The paradise Share. Uh, yeah, the Paradise Snare. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the the version I have, they spelled Paradise, uh, para, you know, so the S and Dice, they spelled it with a Z. So it's Paradise. Paradise. Yes. Yeah, it's the Paradise Share. Yeah, if you're not familiar, this is a book that was written by A.C. Crispin, which I did a little cursory glance over her shit, and apparently she's done a lot of Star Trek books as well, which if you look at like any of the EU authors, they seem to have a lot of overlap with that, dipping in and out of Star Trek and Star Wars. But uh, this one here was pretty good, I thought. I read this when I was in high school, like years ago. Like, I always thought it was pretty good, but never continued with the other two for whatever reason. I probably just got sidelined for, like, other books that were really good. Like, I always just found this is good, but not enough to, like, I should just stop what I'm other also reading and just pursue the rest of these. But, you know, now we have this fucking podcast, and we actually have an excuse to go through this shit. Yeah, we went through a lot of, like, obscure books, like the, um... What was the last, like, long series we did? Um... Galaxy of Fear. Yeah. The thing that killed our momentum for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. We were a mid-star, but it kind of just fizzled out. Yeah, we only got two plays for that, too. Eight plays on Death Troopers, however. Yeah, Death Troopers was, like, a really good book. It, it was a shadow hit for me, at least. I thought it was going to be courting, you know, like, typical zombie shit, but it was a really good book. Yeah, it wasn't a complete dumpster fire for you, like the Lando book. <laughs> Yeah, the, um, my, I couldn't even, like, totally read a Lando book. Like, it was just so, like, I like Lando as a character. He's, like, he's up there, like, mm-hmm. in my top tier list. But, like, the way he was written in that book, it was just so bad. Well, every time he talked to the droid, it was like, By the great the galactic core. Well, not that. It was like, don't call me master. And it's like, every just, time just totally, just totally like, uncharming, incompetent. Yeah, it's like the joke kind of. You know, it played out too, for too long. It's like, yeah, this really isn't that funny anymore. Ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just did a lot of dumb, like, stuff in that book. And it was weird. Like, I couldn't really follow it too much. And the author really liked to push that Lando was a libertarian. <laughs> yeah. I, it got into detail about that sort of ideology. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, what are we reading? It's like, what am I reading here? Is this Lando? <laughs> Is this something else? Uh, okay, but fuck, I guess we should... Actually, talk about the book we're here to fucking talk shit about. Well, not talk shit about, but discuss. Because uh, Paradise Snare by A.C. Crispin was actually pretty good. I think we can both agree on that pretty easily. Yeah, I throughout the entire book, I, uh, I enjoyed it. It took us a little while to read it, to get back in the flow of, uh, you know, reading books. But, like, like towards, like, the middle of it's so while I picked up speed and kind of, like, you know, read it all one mm-hmm. sitting almost. I mean, it was, I, I enjoyed it. It was really fun. Really fun book. I think a lot of people who are familiar with these books and dailies are going to want to know out the gate, like, how does it stack up? Where, where would you rank it among versus the daily books? Okay, got you. 
you asked me the hard, he asked the hard question. Let me That's what we do here up. at the podcast, 1313 podcast. I liked Daly's first and third book. The second book, as you know, is downright, Han did a lot of dumb shit in that book. But um, this might, hmm. See, that's hard to, like, maybe a little bit better than the first book, but not better than the last book. So it so it edge out Star's End for you. Interesting. A little bit. By, like, a little bit, but not much. Now, like, from what I've read, it's pretty much almost on par with Star's End. But with Star's End... It, you know, it has an entire like prison facility get launched in the atmosphere. It's <laughs> kind of like hilarious as hell. We also but, have don't have to deal with uh, goddamn the the romance angle we got in Paradise Snare, which wasn't horrible, but you yeah, know, it, it gets a little cheesy at times. Yeah, it was. It felt like I was reading like a young adult like romance novel, kind of, and it was like. It ruined the pacing almost because, like, before all this happened, Han like had to escape. You know, remember that bank, and the fat guy got blasted by stormtroopers. So it was like, you know, but it goes to that. It's like, it's it's all off putting. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, romance. Like, oh my god, like really? Yeah, like I I get it. You love her, but man, it gets really like puppy love and and flowery at times. I feel. Yeah, I mean. I understand, like, from what I've put in my mind, this is Han, and he's really young, right before mm-hmm. the Academy. Uh, you know how some kids get over, overly dramatic about love, you know, you, you know, the first love, or, like, really, you know, uh, they really feel it. I guess, like, he, he saw life with her, but, you know, how that played out, she kind of left because she had to deal with stuff in her own end. Yeah. Plus, he had, a, he had other aspirations, but, yeah, I kind of did get a little bit of corny but you know we're not we don't really like reading romance novels but you know if that's up your alley you might enjoy it but it kind of was you know a little off-putting do we want to just dive into it whatever we liked where we didn't like at this point since we already mentioned what happened later may as well yeah we we can just yeah let's just dive in and pick points that we like did you want to go first or do you want me to go first yeah i i'll go first um in this book i like because han had a like it pretty much goes through his backstory, kind of when he was growing up. Um, his caretaker on, you know, that one ship, Shrike ship. Shrike is, he's kind of a douchebag. Yeah, Garrus from Mass Effect. Yeah, almost. But this guy <laughs> is so up his ass, like he makes his own uniform. It, it just he to me is like a cornball. But like, you know, besides all that stuff, we're getting to that. But like in this book, it kind of went into like how spice, like certain spice, like glitter stem is made, which is kind of interesting, because you know, not a lot of, from what I've saw or read, because I've read a lot of like a you know, crap ton of um, EU books. But like, yeah, this is like neat. your first big dive in a while. This podcast. Yeah, it's kind of neat how like glitter stem can like you know mess up your hands like uh, while making it and like other shit in this. But yeah, there's. The plan of the wrong is weird, but it, like the way this criminal stuff is set up is smart. But like as you're reading this story, it's like you kind of get it, like oh yeah, this this is definitely what's going on. But like and Han kind of like is kind of doubting what's happening too. But you know, as it goes on, your kind of suspicions get you know confirmed. 
Yeah, because this planet Yalesia is like touted as this religious paradise for people of this cult, which uh, I forget what exactly they call it, but the cultists are basically promised a better life than what they have, which gets a lot of suckers in real life in actual cults like that, thinking things are going to improve, but no. When you get roped into this, they get you addicted to this thing called the exhalation, which the native species there, not the native species, but the species there on Yalesia called the Tlandatil, they're like offshoots of the huts, called like the cousins of the huts. They got like a big horn on their head and these big, fat, disgusting looking sacks on like their necks. And they like vibrate. Well, the males can only do this because the males vibrate their throats to attract mates. Like it's a pleasurable sound to like other species. It's like very, like it's an intoxicating pleasure. Like almost you're getting addicted and psychically mind fucked. And then they get you hooked on fucking glitter stem, and then basically it's that's it. <laughs> yeah. And they pretty, pretty much turn the cultists into workers to make food for them. Yep. And then they ship the rest out either to become uh, pleasure pleasure slaves, or, or you're sent to Castle. <laughs> or yeah, it's either, it's pleasure slaves sent to pleasure houses for imperial troops or Castle. So there's not really a lot of uh, good choices you have. No. But then again, you shouldn't have joined a cult to begin with. Yeah, well, they didn't know what they were getting into. <laughs> That's true, but still, it's like, if someone's like, oh yeah, you go, go to this religion, Mike. No. So yeah, that's, that's basically what Han gets wrapped into here, because he escapes Garrus Shrike, who uh, picked him up when he was an orphan, and he's a huge douchebag. Yeah, in Cornball. Han basically, he just wanted to like take a piloting job on Yalesia because he wants to get into the Imperial Academy. Because you gotta understand, most citizens, like regular dudes that aren't being actively oppressed, they just see the Imperials as like, you know, people keeping order, you know, a, a chance at a better life, even, you know, getting into the military. And that's what he's trying to do. But he needs experience before he can become a pilot. So that's why he hooks up with the Yalesian people here. And naturally, over time, he figures out what the fuck's happening. Yeah, Han, um, goes underneath like an alias because because when he was with Shrike on Corellia they were running a lot of scams like um pickpocketing but then Han actually proved himself and he got into like swoop racing and like changed his name and they had they have had all the different scams and stuff on Corellia. So like Han had all these like um aliases he went by. And um of course when he went to um the monastery, quote unquote, he had another fake name. Like, Han barely uses his real name in this, which is smart. You know, I have to agree. You shouldn't really, because, you know, as what you find out in the book, well, soon, you know, Han gets, gets in deep shit. So, you know, it's kind of smart he didn't use his name. But, you know, how things work in that regard, you know, they eventually catch up to him. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, like, really early on. After Han escapes from Garrus, and he basically gets on his journey to Yalesia itself. It's actually pretty interesting how uh, he does it. She slips in a little bit of world building here about the, I guess, the shipping logistics and bullshit of Star Wars. Because obviously it's more convenient for some people to just use all droids on a ship to move cargo around. He hitches a ride on a, sh on a ship that has uh, nothing but droids and was just intended for droids. So naturally it's not going to have any life support. So he stows away on that, but he has to wear a spacesuit, and um, I think he needed oxygen too while he was on there after a certain point, because he couldn't just um, 
stowaway normally, so... And he also had to fucking bicker with the droid, because it's Han Solo, and he hates droids. He has to have a scene of bickering with them. <laughs> Don't call me Matt. Uh, thankfully, it's not that bad. It's not fucking Lando telling Luffy raw. Don't call me master. <laughs> like every every goddamn time he talks to the droid, it's always that stupid ass same thing. I was never Don't even. It was never even Lando's thing. It was Han's thing, hating yeah, droids. Yeah. Don't call me master. All right, but we're not Don't here to shit on that. Master. If you want to hear a shit on that, go to our podcast. And you can listen to our episode on the Mind Harp of Sheru. Give it some fucking views. Didn't we? Was that the one that we had to record twice? Because I remember one of the No, it was Crimson that... Empire, volume two, volume 2, we had to record twice. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I remember we recorded it, and like then we had to like wrap it up real fast, because like, we lost like a good half an hour. For an we hour. lost the whole fucking thing, we were, and it was a good-ass podcast, too. But Yeah, Crimson Empire was really good, like a really good comics one. But we got, anyway, we're getting distracted, we're not here for that. Let's, uh, let's continue on with this. So, yeah, so I was saying he was um, stowing away on the all-droid ship, and yeah, that's where this really awkward flashback is placed while he's en route to Yalesia stowing aboard on this ship. And like, you don't just get Han's backstory of like being an orphan and shit. Like, they go deep, deep into him, like trying to track down his actual family. And he come, runs into a character that's pretty well known among fucking like people who've read the EU, which is Thrak and Sal Solo. And he's a complete fucking douchebag. If you know, he's kind you of know. In this book. Yeah, like he's he has a lot of warning signs of he's a little he's a little fucking psycho. Like he does shit in this book, to where it's like like next time you see him, you should fucking kick his ass or kill him. But like he pops up yeah. in fucking, I think he pops up in Courtship of Princess Leia. He's in the NJO. He's in fucking the Corellian trilogy. He becomes the goddamn president of Corellia later on in Legacy or some shit. I think this dude is like he's a fucking weasel. Like Borsk failure, this, he keeps getting more and more positions of power, even though like he's complete douchebag. I don't understand that the EU, it's like the writers, <laughs> like they prop up like these like guys that literally deserve to get their ass kicked. It's like the more slimier you are, the more like successful you're gonna be. I mean, I guess that's how it is, you know, especially you know in the real life. But it's like in this book, it, it just goes be like well, in the EU goes beyond the. Uh, cold duty of like scumbaggery and like they're like you know and, and like the moral is like the bigger the scumbag you are the more bigger the position you get you can be a president of a planet or of the galactic you know republic yeah it honestly is pretty annoying especially when you have people like dala becoming fucking chief of state of the galaxy yeah that's just <sighs> that's for another time <laughs> if we ever make it that far <laughs> we should make it that far i mean we have to go through all of NJO, Legacy, and then Fate of the Jedi, where that actually happens. Slowly but surely. <laughs> we're, we're just, this is one thing at a time. We're, we're going to be fucking fossils by the time that happens. Well, you know. I I'm do eventually want to get to NJO, because you need to experience that. That gets way too much hate. Yeah. Let's see what the hate's all about when it comes to that. Um, but yeah. After this long extended flashback sequence, he lands on the Alessia there. And, um, do we want to transition to talking about Bria? Because she's really important for this book. Yeah, Bria, um, I think if Han, like, found her out when he was touring the, uh, spice refinery, but, you know, Han, being the way he is, he wanted to steal some spice to sell it, but, like, he, f- it's like, love of first sight, he, he saw some, uh, 
some poor girl working in the, the very bottom of the, the glitter stem refinery, and he would he had a he had a seer again. I'm like, all right. Was Bria a redhead? She was, wasn't she? don't remember i just remember her her skin being pale because she worked in near darkness and she almost cut off her finger work with a little stem mm-hmm. so uh yeah I, I looked it up here she had a red gold hair so of course another instance of star wars having the yeah. fucking <laughs> the redheads that's another thing yeah it's like the eu like they really did like red like no they love redhead shit it's not even like the male authors doing it. it's the female authors too hey you know what there's nothing wrong with redhead Nothing wrong with it, but you can tell the authors have a have a type. No, that's yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. But at least Bria isn't like a Leia clone, like the other paramours for Han have been. Yeah, it's like she isn't like Leia Light. This is like a character that's her own. Yeah, she's very like naive and inexperienced, kind of mirroring Han, I guess, too. He's not in his prime yet. He's not peak Han Solo, but he's not a complete scrub in this book either. He's, he's a little clever. He's smarter than the average bear. Yeah. So yeah, he fucking falls in love with this this woman here, which he doesn't really have many options, it sounds like. I think she was like literally the only Corellian at Yalesia there that was wrapped into this cult bullshit. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, there's like a magnitude of other species there, like mm-hmm. from all across the galaxy working in this refinery place. Yeah, and uh, and while he's piloting, like for the Yalesians here, he is put with a little bodyguard called Merg, which is his chewy stand-in for this book. Like that's that's pretty blatantly what they're going for here, which honestly I don't mind. <laughs> Merg was pretty yeah, cool. Like Han always kind of needs a sidekick, and he always gets like a furry kind of companion with him almost. Yeah, it's, it's always got to be some some I weird like animal. Merg. Yeah, he's a loyal yeah. dude. He's just, he's just, when you first meet him, you just think like, oh, okay, this guy's going to be like a villain or some shit meant to watch over Han and Han's going to have to kill him or something. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. But no, he actually be, turns out to be a cool dude who, when Han figures out this conspiracy, they eventually band together to try and fucking escape Yalesia and he actually helps him out and reunites Merg with his wife who was also wrapped into this shit without him knowing. Yeah, because Merg also had a, um, Kind of motivation why he was there yeah um his mate from that planet but you know the um the priests there were you know using Berg here mm-hmm. like they were using everybody else so like that kind of comes to head you know, Wait, what did you um what did you think of the tagorians as a species tagorians yeah uh Berg species right the cat people yeah they're uh, they're unique and the way they do things, like, the men are kind of like the hunters and gatherers, right? They go off and hunt and do their thing. Or the women kind of, um, are more, like, technologically. They like to tech, like, they lead. Like, yeah, they, they do a lot of the technical stuff, why the men go off and do their own thing. And we have to mention that, like, they, they're not intertwined a lot. Like, the men go mm-hmm. off and do their own damn thing, and the women do their own damn thing. And they reunite, for, like, once every year. Or so that you know, like the mate and have the kids and whatnot, and they go off and do their own separate thing. It's also yeah, kind of fucking brutal, because like... um they mentioned that like uh, mates, like Tagorians, they only meet for one month out of the year, and then they get completely separated the oh, rest yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I guess for them it's normal, but yeah, it's not, that's not suitable for any other species, especially human or, you know, mm. that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I like their species, it's kind of unique. You can play, like, they have, like, kind of, like, two separate um, worlds, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But it's on the same planet, so then, you know, different ways of doing stuff. Pretty cool. They also ride uh, these big-ass animals called, what was it, Mosgus, right? Yeah. Uh, let me actually see what those look like, since we have them on here. Mosgus. They describe them as, like, big lizards that they ride. They f- that fly. Mosgus. And they look kind of weird. They have, like, dragon wings, but, like, weird mouths. Let me, let me show you this. Let's see. Kind of looks like a dragon, but with like. They don't have. Snout. Yeah, just, they don't have a snout. Just picture a dragon, right? Is, uh, that's if uh, whoever's listening to this wants to look it up. Uh, I'll describe it. It's like a dragon, but without the snout, right? Just cut off the snout of a dragon, but like where like the stump is, you know what I mean? Like the flat part of the neck. Just put two eyes, like a mouth, like teeth. There yeah, you go. Just imagine a Cal Arts dragon. Kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So Murray actually turns out to be a fucking bro. Big bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Up and out shit. Uh, what else did you want to touch on on the books? Um, or I guess what else we thought was cool? Oh, what we thought was cool? Um, yeah, just literally anything. Well, Han got away from, you know, when he was escaping the planet, away from the cultists. He had a plan to steal. They had priests, quote-unquote priests, um, um, of his collection, kind of like, you know, do like a little mini heist. Right. We, we, yeah, we should also mention um, about, we got it, like, how the huts do business with each other, like, not killing um, messengers. Yeah, we get some politics. Yeah, like cup politics or what, what they do. Yeah, it's, it's customary to like send a gift when you're going to send a message or something like that. So Han had to go on one of those runs. Uh, you know, speaking of bros, they're actually the the Ulessians, the cultists. They have another pilot here running spice for them who's sick, which is why they hired Han. And he was um a Sulistan. He actually turned out to be a huge fucking bro too, because he's the one who tells Han about this whole racket here. Yeah, he actually ends up, you know, helping Han get the mm-hmm. get out of a tractor beam by a Corellian, um, what was it, friggin'? Corvette, I think. Yeah, yeah it was Corvette, yeah. But, yeah, he helped Han, which was... He didn't even really have a reason to help Han, either. He just did it. I don't know, he just decided to help him, I guess, because, you, you know, you know how it was, wanted to get the hell out of there. Because, you know, Han couldn't, you couldn't leave normally. Like, this, this isn't, like, a place where you, like, you go and you can quit. You literally have to sign a contract, mm-hmm. and you really and you can't, you know, get out of it. Or I think there's some consequences. So that's why you know Han and all of them left the way they did because you can't really get out of it. I think that's the one flaw in their scheme here. Like, if you're gonna be running this, make sure every chain in the link is secure. Like, if you're gonna have a pilot, you should probably just make them either a cultist or get them addicted to the exhalation. So they have a reason not to blow this thing wide open. But then we wouldn't have this interesting book. That's very true. Or maybe AC Christmas is just a hack. We need more hot takes on this on this podcast, Mark. That'll bring in the plays. 
Well, AC Crispin has passed away. <laughs> well, I hope she burns it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? Oh, I want to listen to some more. Oh, listen to these two assholes. I'm going to get them canceled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to lose our sponsors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our fucking sponsors. <laughs> tell you, we're, we're raking in so much. Did, did you know this podcast was actually sponsored by NordVPN, Spark? Oh, yeah, NordVPN. Why don't you uh, have a plug for Nord? No, you do NordVPN, I'll do Shadow Ray. Let, let me... mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they're such a good sponsor, we fucked up their name. <laughs> uh, Spark, have you heard of a Manscaped? No, tell me more. Oh, it's about all these male grooming products. You know, let's have a 30-second ad about this. I mean, um, discussion. You know, when I want to shave my balls, I can Manscaped. <laughs> You know, when Han was out there in the, you know, Lassian Wild wanting to impress Bria, you know what he did? He ordered him some damn Manscaped, and he made sure his balls were baby smooth. Baby smooth for Bria, you know, paying him back for all the you know. <laughs> Alright, I, th- I, th- I, think, I think the ad money's coming in. Oh my god, yeah, I, I see it. I think he also, when he was waiting on the ship, he was playing sh- uh, Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> you know, I think he was doing that while he was en route to Yalesia on the droid ship. Yeah, make sure you sign up for Raid Shadow Legends, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the fuck you pay for it, but you go ahead and get yourself some. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about um, how Brea almost got, like married to some weird old disgusting ass lizard man yeah the person leading this this cult here Terawenza, he had a little major domo uh i forget his name but he he wanted to fucking he was he was lusting over bria hard oh dude like licking his lips type of looking at her like a steak mm-hmm. uh, and he has the power like um Terawenza has the power to marry uh cultists together so he was literally about to marry her on the spot so bria had to think quick and be like oh um uh, we we Karelians, we have a, a a a tradition here where we need to have this gown made before we can be married. You know, lying on the spot there to try and stall basically for Han to have put in the plan to have everyone escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I, I can guarantee that well, Major Domo didn't have Manscaped. Well, no, he. Uh, I don't think Manscaped covers like you know scales and whatnot. I don't <laughs> think you know he had any hair to worry about. Which means he probably used all of his money for Raid Shadow Legends while playing on NordVPN. <laughs> See, you don't want those pesky, there's, there's, there's really nosy Imperials knowing what you're doing on the extranet, so NordVPN mm-hmm. saved you from that. Uh, you know, it will. How do you think Han is using his Vic Drago persona, NordVPN? You know what? He's also because of Hardy's to get himself a good old, you know, bacon and cheese, bacon cheeseburger, you know? Honestly, Vic Drago is a pretty good alias name. Man, I don't know if there's so many names. Like I said, like when he was doing his shit on like Corellia, like the the um, potteries and stuff, he went around like two or three different names. Genocidanian and all this shit. Yeah. She did a good job of that, capturing the roguish criminal aspect of Han, the author. Yeah, like like I told you before, like Han, like I always liked Han, but like after like starting to read a lot more Han solo books, I'm starting to like really like like Han as like a Star Wars character, like really appreciate the stories and stuff that he's done. He's not like a typical like, you know, rogue character. He, like he has a lot of you know, background to him. Mm-hmm. You can see why uh so much fiction and media just ripped off his archetype after he came out. He's a yeah. really good inspiration for that type of well, character. There's always been rogues in like old media and whatnot, but I think Han like helped 
you know, the, like, the, the tip, you know what I mean, like, propel that a little bit. So Solders got really popular. Right. Um... Yeah, we just had a word there on Han. What else should we talk about? Because after they steal Terowenza's artifacts and escape, there's little interludes here. Yeah, let me talk about this. The, the final act of this book is kind of weird. It's yeah, not bad. We go let's on. talk about Bria's family and how much her brother and mother are douchebags. Right, because that wraps into everything here. Because the, the main conflict of this book kind of concludes like early on. Not early on, but like 200 pages in, they leave Yalesia, they escape with their lives, then it's like all these other extra little things they're doing afterwards. But yeah, you can go on it to that. Sh- it should have stopped because Merv went back to his home planet with his mate. Mm-hmm. And they got married and did like the whole like, you know, ritual. Yeah. I felt like the book should end in there. It would have ended on a really good note too because Han and yeah. Bria, you know, consummate their uh, relationship together while they're in Tagoria. Yes. But now I mean, they... they did it. They, they did. <laughs> all, all over the entire planet. And yeah, Han raided her Shadow Legend, you know, if you catch her drift. Yeah, and he also covered his stuff with the NordVPN so he didn't like catch anything. <laughs> Alright, I think we've <laughs> fucking squeezed all the jokes we can out of that. Yeah, Bria, let's, I want to talk, I'm going to hit this, though. Bria's kind of, like, withdrawing. Yeah. From, like, like, bad, like, a, like an addict. From like the what would they call it? like the gathering or what was it called you the know? exhalation? Yeah, like it was like they got her hooked on it and she was like going through bad withdrawals. She, so she was doing that and and not she she wasn't right. You know what I mean? Like all addicts, she was she was going through like a really rough patch. Mm-hmm. Like going like to the Merg wedding was fine because she had Han there. You know, obviously she had they they had the like the little thing on there. But when they went back to Corellia. Turned out Bria was actually pretty. She came from a really rich family. Mm-hmm. Bria's dad was fucking cool. I liked him. Yeah, Ren Theron. And shout and out to him. Yeah, the mother and the, the son were complete and utter typical assholes. Mm-hmm. Like, like unbelievably, like, well, because like Han like had run into rich people in Krillia before. He didn't like them, which I can understand why. Because in this book. Most of them are just pompous assholes. They're not nice people. So when like Han brought Bria back to the family, like the mother gave Han like a really like, you know what I mean, condescending kind of like, like you know you know what I mean, like bitchy look. Like what the fuck? It's like this is a man who saved your daughter, saved her from getting passed around in an imperial barracks, and she has the nerve. Or better yet, like pass around the fucking goddamn whatever the hell is going to happen. She to the <laughs> yeah. Family, Lizard.com or some shit. <laughs> like, and like her brother was like, oh, I recognize him. But then like a family friend or someone came over and was like, I know he, he pretty much raced against Han in one of his egg races. Then his brother was, then her brother was like, oh, I'm going to call the course check on him. And, you know, uh, he's no good and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, he literally just saved your fucking sister. Like, he's not a bad person, obviously. Like, what the f- you know, obviously, obviously, he's got some, he's got a past, you know, but yeah, can like, you really like, judge him for that if he saved your daughter? Yeah, if, like, no, if you saved your, if you, if someone saved your sibling, right, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, he probably did some shady shit, sure, but it's not like, you know, he brought Bria back without even asking for any money. 
Right. He literally brought her back on his own goodwill. And then they're like immediately suspecting him, like, oh, what if he's here to steal something? Yeah, and like you're fucking saying, wait, what if he's gonna steal something? You know, what if he blah blah blah? He's like, what if that? What if this? What if this? It's like, dude, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What if your daughter was still on Yalesia? Yeah. What if your sister was literally fucking, you know, going to Pound Town under a moth? Like, what then, huh? Didn't think about that, did you? I mean, the dad was cool because he literally like went in there, told both his wife, "Shut the fuck up." Just told them to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Like Han is in the back because like the dad saw a little bit of himself in Han because you know he understands you know what Han had to go through, but her raised dad was a really rich and powerful person because he worked his way up to there, but he understand what was Han was going through. But of course. You know, Brea saw the writing on the wall with her brothers, and she got scared because she didn't want Han, because at that point she, they were in love. So they kind of um, fucked off the core saw because, you know, Han had money saved up, and they wanted to go to the academy. So it kind of could, I, I like that detail when they went to Coruscant, how, like, it kind of, like, described Coruscant it having his own little, like, weather patterns of further down to go and, you know, a lot of, you know, cool shit. Yeah. But then it just, then they want to like uh, in detail like where to meet up at and went to some slum that they stayed at. But Han had to go and get his credits, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, kind of goes south. Yeah, because uh, as Han's trying to do his thing there on Coruscant and basically collect all his illicit credits made from robbing Terowenza, uh, things go a little south there. And he ends up robbing a fucking bank. Well, trying to, at least. And he also ends up with... It's not really robbing a bank. They want to arrest him because his um, account was frozen by, like... Yeah. It was Corsac and someone else. Because I think they caught on to him because of a, his business with Shrike. Yeah. And um, they called for, like, a, like an old security guard, and Han just, like... <laughs> He held up, like, the security guard with his own blaster and then fucking had, like, this fat manager, like, bodyguard, like, against, like, the soldier. Yeah, it kind of went south really quick in that situation. Yeah, like, really fat. Like, and even it got worse when they moment the gun in the elevator. The stormtroopers didn't give a shit. He had a human shield. Just, they literally <laughs> just murdered him. So, fuck it. We're gonna kill Han and fucking the bank manager. Screw it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, thank God. Like, yeah. after, after that, uh, Han gets away, but he meets up with Bria at the meetup point, and here's where her little addiction plotline kind of comes to a head, tragically. Yeah, I mean, well, Han's devastated because all that money he's going to use to get into a academy, but he's distraught, and, you know, Bria was thinking to herself, you know, she can't stay with him anymore. And try I'm to dragging him down. His plan. So, they pretty much, when they fall asleep, she kind of slowly gets up and writes something. Like, you know, a little note and just fucks off. Well, she calls her dad, and the and here's another thing what the mm -hmm. dad really shines. They couldn't go back. She, I mean, Bray couldn't go back to Corellia because, like I said, Corsac was looking for her and Han. So the dad gave Bray money and also gave enough for to Han. It's kind of like payment for saving her to get into the academy. So Bray pretty much, you know, wrote the note, gave Han his money, and fucked off. But then, this is where the, the, the fucking dramatic romance scene happened, and Han woke up and read the note. He was distraught and threw chairs against the wall and <laughs> cried. And it's like, Jesus, Han. 
Yeah, kind of cheesy. Kind of cheesy, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what happened? Just sitting on the bed crying for a few minutes. Like, why do you have to like be so scream and piss his pants? Yeah. But he saw the credits and it's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Well, I guess I can still become an imperial officer. Well, you know, it was kind of like on a detail. Not, it didn't go too much into detail, but like he went to the academy, of course. And when he graduated, it was kind of a sobering, a kind of sad moment. I have a question here about this fucking academy. Han is going in to be an imperial officer in like the navy. Why the fuck do you need to learn about art and music to be an imperial officer? They said something. They want their officers to be cultured and classed. <laughs> that's what it. That's what it really. That's what it's in the book. Okay, so noble dumb shit. <laughs> noble dumb shit, yeah, pretty much. Like, in hindsight, like, I'm thinking about the Empire. Like, do they really care that much if they're culture? Yeah. <laughs> what? We're talking, about, we're talking about the same Imperial fucking, like, Navy slash Army that can, like, glass a planet at whim. Like, do you think they really give a shit about art? This That's, is that seems like the opposite of what you expect from the Empire. I don't think they give a shit, especially about other like, non-human like, cultures. Like, like, this isn't, like, the British Empire of, like, the 1800s, right? Well, you're going to have to be kind of aristocratic and, like, you know, stuck up with it. <laughs> like, this is, this is something else. You know what I mean? Like, what? I know. It's like, I'm reading Han's examination. He's like, hmm, tell me what happened in the Bothan sector during the Nullian crisis, and uh, can you recognize this piece of art here? What era is it from? It's like, what does this have to do with piloting? When, you know, when you're getting shot at by rebels or whatnot, right, and you're in the field leading men, I'm going to think back to my time in my academy of how, you know, the arts and fine winery of, like, Alderaan saved me. Yeah, he didn't actually go to the Imperial officer training. He just went to the Thrawn School of Art. Yeah, the, the Thrawn School of becoming a, a <laughs> nobleman, noble officer from the 1800s. Mm. Jesus, the aristocratic fucking officer school. Yeah, it's like, what but, the fuck? Um, yeah, he passes, and, like, his uh, old Wookiee, what was her name, Duchana? Duolana. Duolana, yeah, because uh, she got killed by a shrike trying to, like, save Han. And, like, Brea. It's kind of a weird, like, it was kind of a sad moment, because Han didn't have anybody. But um, he kind of, like, you know, passed the academy of what's going to go off to, like, you know, train officially, but then... You know, when he went out to dinner to celebrate it, an old friend comes to join him. Hmm, who could it be? Dave? Scare Strike. Tracked him down because uh, there's a big ass bounty on Vic Drago. But obviously, Strike knows that Vic Drago equals Han Solo because he practically raised him. Fucking tracks him down to Coruscant. And, like, the book up to this point has not been, like, totally sanitized like there's been some violence there's been some you know dark subjects and whatnot which is typical of star wars but i felt like this section is especially got a little brutal for the tone the book set <laughs> like they're really just bare yeah. knuckle brawling beating the fuck out of each other it's just yeah. i think he tries to um during the fight garris tries to gouge out han's eyes at one point yes it, it was it was a really like brutal like toss-up between the two like, mm -hmm. it was pretty brutal but han you know shot shrike because shrike tried to pull the oh i know your dad you know i know your family and try to get close to han and Sarma, but 
thank God Han wasn't stupid as shit, saw through it and just shot his dumb ass. I was like, thank God. Hmm. He didn't kill him the first God. time, though. Yeah, he should have killed him the first time. <laughs> he wouldn't have fucking had to do a shrug the second time. But no. that's not the most brutal part of this book. There was a bounty hunter following Shrike. That's where it gets brutal. This sounds like something I'd do to you if like, if I was running a game for you in the Star Wars tabletop. <laughs> yeah, you just had this hardest fucking encounter with this dude. Uh, I'm going to flip a dark. Uh, there's another hardest fuck bounty hunter for you to fight. That bounty hunter. Like, I would think Shrike got his ass beat right now. The bounty hunter, like, he got literally beat the shit out of. Like, Han, like crushed his nose bashed like his ball it was it was it's like some random ass bounty hunter got like beat up he got his ass beat worse than shrike had his ass beat the way she described han blowing open his face to the point like he had no eyes or mouth or anymore just a hole in his face is pretty fucking gruesome yeah and like han headbutted him like hard as shit constantly like it was not once it was like a few times his nose broke Han was like, he turned into like a feral beast. So I, I wonder why she even added that little encounter there anyway. <laughs> Just a fucking... Well, insult, well, insult to injury, Han threw the guy's like body off of a fucking building. Oh, Jesus. So it's like, then he put like the blaster at the strike, like it looked like there was a scuffle between the two. It's like, that poor bounty hunter is just doing his job. Uh, fuck him, I guess. <laughs> Long live the New Republic. I did like Han's little line, though, when uh, his officer asked him why he's all beat up the next day. He's like, oh, I had to beat someone up who was insulting the Imperial Navy. He's like, oh, good man. And there's no more questions asked. Yeah, they, they accept beating the ass out of people who run their mouth. But, you know, this is the same, like, aristocratic academy. He learned about the arts. Become yeah. a gentleman. Gentlemen don't beat the shit out of each other, but you know, apparently it's fine that, that time. Hmm. Room for a gentleman, gentlemen. But yeah, that's pretty much the end of it. It was actually pretty, pretty good story. I think it went through a lot of detail. It's definitely worth a read. Yep, I say definitely read it. I still like the the daily books more. I think over the first one we read so far, but that could change easily yeah. with the next two because I have no idea what to expect with them. If you haven't read Han Solo book before, right? Read Daly's books, then read this book. Yeah. Daily's kind of still runs supreme. I, I did say earlier, like, this book kind of beats Daily's off a little bit, but, like, it's just too far, it's too close. But I think Daily's, like, thinking about it as I'm discussing, still kind of beat out this book. But, like, not by, like, a long shot. Yeah. But it's still, like, the better book. I think the thing that just gets me with this book is, like, I can't really fuck with the romance angle too much. <laughs> yeah, it, well, like I told you, it was kind of... And the, the, the third act right. feels... I guess in general, the whole book is weirdly paced in certain parts. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because we were, we talked about, like, the flashback was, like, out of, it was too long. It was out of place almost. Like, Very awkwardly placed. Out. It would have been much better, maybe, if that was parsed out as the story went on, so it just dumped right at the beginning. Yeah, it was like, it made, like, a chapter, like, incredibly long, like that, like, that, like, it would have been better, like you said, if it would have, like, they, she should have took out parts of that. Mm. and like added it throughout the book you know I'd, I'd probably just cut the entire like sal solo interaction like that isn't just like weirdly placed it's kind of like yeah. kind of i like i'm fine with cameos and star wars and explaining origins and shit but sometimes it makes the universe feel a little small when you have all these characters so connected and all this is wrapped up together or whatnot 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, there needs to be a lot of cutout. Like, I would have cut out, like, I'm freaking out with a third part. I would literally just have, like, Brea kind of leave after and go back to her family I feel after, like... you know. I feel like sometimes when it wants to have a, a strong emotional impact, sometimes like saying less is better. Like if Han just yeah. like looked and read the note, like they don't explicitly say what it is, but off of context clues, we kind of just guess and then it just ends like that. I think it'd be much more impactful. I think, like I said, I think it would have been better after the marriage between like, you know, Merg and his mate. Like mm-hmm. she kind of fucked all back to Corellia, back to her old, you know, family. But like she kind of left them a note, but like, yeah, you can't come with me. Or, you know what I mean? You're saying, like, because, like, we move that wedding to the end of the book instead of, like... Yeah, and, yeah. like, cut out Coruscant completely. Like, them going there. And, like, the whole, like, interaction with their family. Because, like, he, you know, he kind of got the hint, like, yeah, there's two... We ain't gonna work. You know, we come from different worlds. It kind of felt like me, she know? forgot about Shrike as a villain until the very end. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to have this resolved. I'm just gonna pop him in at the very end. I was kind of expecting him to like to be like waiting outside of like the colony there, mm-hmm. like waiting for him Han to come out of space and like hunt him down. But it's like he comes out of retirement to get like Han, yeah, or salt when he's eating his fancy dinner. It's like, could you just wrap that up and we'll get him in the middle? Because like Han gets attacked by pirates, that would have been perfect opportunity for Shrike to be a little you know snortboard. You know that that would have you know that would have been a nice source of tension where Han is trying to keep yeah. his identity from the the um, cultists like he wants to be Vic Drago, but Shrike is hunting him down and he's threatening to expose him if he gets too close. That would have been some cool tension in the story, yeah. I think. Yeah, and that would have caused like Han and Shrike to kind of have like that kind of um... showdown. That would, you know they would have had to like duel or some shit. Yeah, like a big showdown. Mm-hmm. Or so maybe, to, if you want to go a step further, game, you know, uh, maybe if you go a step further, maybe halfway through, Shrike actually gets captured by the cultists, and they have to, or they're forced to work together to try and escape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I kind of like, yeah, they kind of maybe see eye to eye, then maybe Shrike just, because, you know, Shrike's kind of the character that would, like, he's just a douchebag. Yeah. So, like, maybe they do work together, and once they leave aboard the same ship, Shrike then tries to turn on Han at that point mm-hmm. for payback, and you know, that you know, whatever happens, happens but nah, I just yeah, the villain should have been, that would have been much better what we got, cut out the stupid uh, bullshit at the end and yeah. if you're gonna do flashbacks don't put it in one chapter just kind of, you know, sparsely place it, or just it don't make it so goddamn long yeah, or don't even make it as long. Like you said, the South Solo stuff could have been like either shortened or not even included. Yeah. By the way, I can look like a. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about with the South Solo shit, like they reveal that Han is like distantly related to like the King of Corellia, which is kind of eh. I don't know if I needed that in Han's backstory, but he tries to meet up with other yeah. different branches of the family. Still a good book. Yeah, I mean, it's still good. It's still worth a reread. Yeah, so we're definitely confirmed, quote-unquote, as doing the next book, Hut Gambit, that we're going to read. I've already started it, and uh, it's pretty good so far. Just off the one chapter. Yalesian motherfuckers are still back, though, at least in the opening. Yeah, we got to read that and continue on. We don't really have set uh, dates for 
No. I mean, I think I think we ended our MedStar episode with saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do the next one, and we did Death Troopers. Yeah, well, that well that was in October, and we already yeah. had that plan of doing, like, a horror book. But I think how we did, because Death Troopers was, it was mm-hmm. a fantastic read. And probably we're going to do Red Harvest this October, which is the prequel. Yeah, I think, yeah. that's That would be perfect to do that. Yep, yep. All right, I think we're about ready to wrap this up, yeah? Yeah, well, I just want to let you know it's actually good to be back, and I hope um, people who listen here just um, give this book a chance. Give it a good old read. Yep. Give our fucking podcast a listen, too. Mm-hmm. Make sure to sign up for NordVPN. Raid Shadow Legends, Manscaped. And go, go to the Hardee's. Get yourself a burger. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>